Lord God, bring understanding. it right there. That's the sweet presence of God. That was powerful. Welcome to the way, guys. If you've never been here, I hope that was a good introduction. <laughs> um, we're thankful that you're here, and uh, we're going to have a good service today. Um, I want to go over real quick our, uh, our goals. And we, uh, the staff had a retreat this weekend, and we were talking about some of this stuff, some of our goals and everything. And uh, I was talking to Pastor Tim about it. First, let me go over them. Our first goal is, is reading the word and, and, and prayer, prayers, and we include that in there. And that is getting to know God through his word and talking to him. Uh, our second one is uh, living by the spirit, and that's getting in touch with the spirit and being obedient and responsive to him. And our third is uh, generosity and giving, giving your time, your, your finances, every part of that, having a spirit of generosity about you. And then our last one is relationships, which we hold in high regard here. And uh, we were talking about it, and we were talking about the early church and how they had community, and they, they, uh, they gave all their possessions, and they, they gathered in houses and ate and broke bread together, and they listened to the apostles' teachings. And how, how do we get back to that? How do we as a church in this culture do that? And I, I just thought about it. I'm like, our culture makes it hard to do some of those things. We don't have as much community. We don't live together. Our fam we don't have huge families living together all over the place anymore. But if we can focus on these things, even though they're so fundamental, that's how I think we can get back to the closest part of getting back to the early church and how they, how they did church and how they did um, community. These things can help us do that. So I just want you all to think about that and, and uh, let it soak in a little bit. Um, I got two announcements for you today. Uh, we have a class called Next Steps. Uh, if, you've, if you've never been to Next Steps, what it is is it's basically explaining the history of our church and kind of what we do now and how you can get connected with what our church is doing. Uh, and that'll be October 1st, which is next Sunday. And we meet here at 8.30, and then we walk over to the MPB. We have some refreshments for you. 
and uh, we, we help you get connected. Uh, and then we have small groups starting this week, connect groups this week. If you don't know the connect group that you want to go to, look on the app. The app's got all the information. And really, if you want to find anything our church is doing, any event, anything we're doing, you've got to look on the app. So if you don't have the app, I would suggest getting it. All right. Thanks, guys. I don't know if you guys know, but we, we, we put a free book on there, on the app, and uh, it's a pretty big deal. It's a bestseller. Um, you can try it out. Um, sand, it's really good. Uh, people are like, which book is that? What's he talking about? <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, if you could get out your cell phones, that'd be great. This is how we know that you're here at church. We don't pass the booklet down the aisle. We just use your cell phone. So um, if you would text in 777-3520, and the key word today is Savior. Hey, Savior, King Jesus. Okay, cool. So text in, and then if you've never done this before, someone will text you back, and uh, you'll get a little uh, conversation going on while church is going. And uh, it'll be like, quit talking to someone you don't know on there, you know, like the Geico commercial, right? Who are you talking to? <laughs> he sounds hideous, right? It's a state farm. That's what it is, state farm. Anyways. That's my ADD. It happens all the time. And um, cool. Uh, I am really excited about today's service. It's not the coffee talking. It's just the excitement. Pure enthusiasm. It's going to be a good day. Look at your neighbor and be like, neighbor, it's going to be a good day. I hate when people do that, so I'm sorry that I just did it. Uh, Joyce, can you come here? Come here. Hey, guys, this is my friend Joyce. Can you guys give it up for her? So uh, Joyce has been coming here for about two and a half to three months, and um, she's already been at just about every outreach that we've done as a church, and Joyce does a lot of outreach throughout the week. Um, she loves God and just wants to reach people all the time, tell me about her heart, and I love it. Anyways, um, uh, as a church, um, we work best when we help each other, amen? amen. That's what the church is supposed to do. Joyce needs some help, Amen. She had a big old tree fell on her house a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you heard about it. There was this thing called Irma came by. Irma Gerd. Got her. Anyways, um, she had a tree fall on her house, and it fell on the house. And uh, her house flooded with water, and we, she had to tear up the hardwood floors and um, tear out all the sheetrock and uh, a bedroom. And, uh, and it's, it's a hot mess right now. And um, she can't stay there because um, the mold grew uh, pretty rapidly. Uh, in the walls, and so um, we need some help. One, I need some resources. If you guys, uh, this is what a church does. One, we, we need your, your tithes as a church to exist, and we need your resources to be a community. And so um, if you would, today on the app, you can go in there and, uh, and type in Joyce on, uh, on Pushpay as the, in the keyword, and um, anything you give will go towards Joyce's house. And then I need a, free, uh, a few dudes that are willing to uh, rip down some sheetrock and uh, hang some stuff and... Um, kill some mold and um, do a whole bunch of cool stuff. And uh, we want to we wanna bless her. She's got some things. She just says, man, I just, I'm overwhelmed and I need help. Amen? And you're awesome. But you know what's neat is my, uh, she's new to our community and we're not doing this because you're new. Um, but one of the things that I love be, that you're new <laughs> is you are in so many different communities helping find the lost and reach the lost for Jesus. And that is something that many of us want to have. And so some of us aren't good at that, but you can make her more effective where she's at by reminding her that the body of Christ is still alive and strong and that, and that Jesus reigns and that he provides. And so we can do that to help her, then it'll empower her to go further with the gospel. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for Joyce. We bless her. And we, uh, we would do it with more than just our words. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to help out, you can see Brady after service, and we'll figure out what to do with that. Brady's the biggest guy in the room. That's all you got to do is figure out. Bam! <laughs> Thanks, Joyce. Appreciate it. Um, so um, we are going to talk today. Man, all right, so I'm going to try to make the sermon shorter. We're going to do communion today. Communion is open to anyone. You don't have to be a member of our church. I, we don't really have members, so... Um, Everyone can have communion, I guess, right? Okay, cool. I'm going to start off in Genesis today, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. I wrote this message um, in my head a couple weeks ago, and um, God kind of delayed me till today, but I'm, I'm really excited. I believe that today's going to be a powerful day for a lot of people here. 
And, uh, but it's a simple message. What I've learned about the gospel is it's so complicated. It's so simple. Uh, it's so complicated. It's so simple. And uh, we're going to break it down today. Here we go. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord had made. One day he asked a woman, Did God really say that you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, I don't know how to read often, and so uh, you may experience this. Um, eat the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. Or if you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. You won't die. I'm going to stop there for a second. Man, I hate the devil. You know how I know that the Bible is true? This book was written thousands of years ago. There are things that were made like 10 years ago that's completely dated and not relevant to our time. This book knows me. I don't know if you know, but this, this chapter right here was written about me. Um, some of you, I think, may have also been relevant to it. I remember when I was six in sixth grade. I was in fifth grade, I'm sorry. And, and, uh, and uh, the dog McGruff, anyone know who McGruff was? came marching into my class in fifth grade, man, telling me about drug abuse, resistance, education. And he's talking about pot, and how bad pot was, and how none of us should smoke pot, and how, and I remember them saying, dude, drugs will, 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 will steal your life, they will bind you up, they will take more from you than you can ever have. And I remember being in sixth grade, first time I smoked pot. And the very first question that I asked was, myself, it's not going to kill me. It's not going to kill me. Come on. It's really not going to kill me. Sin does it to all of us. We look at it and we say to ourselves, it's delicious. It feels good. It's got to be right. And it is killing you. You don't realize it. We're going to talk about this a little bit more and more and more today. We're talking about sin today and, uh, and why we like it so much and why it's so harmful for us. But the devil said it won't kill you. It's a slow death. It's a slow death. And a lot of times we feel so comfortable that we wrap ourselves in the chains that binds us, man. It stole everything from me. It, mm, this is not part of my message. I just got to keep going. But man, it, 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 it numbed me from everything that was good. It desensitized me from everything. that, And it was the beginning, that decision, agreeing to eat that apple desensitized me from everything that was true and everything that I knew that was right my whole life. There are things in your life, may not be pot, may not be alcohol, may not be sex, maybe pork, maybe your job. It may be your best friend. It won't kill you, no, but it's desensitizing you from everything that's good. It's a slow death, and it only feels bad the first time, a little bit the second time, and it gets worse and worse and worse. You won't die, the serpent said. He replied to the woman, God knows your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced, and she saw that the tree was beautiful, and that the fruit looked delicious, and she wanted she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. Many of us have tried sin just so we can know what it would be like and how long we've stayed there. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, and then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And the moment their eyes were open, and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves. When the cool of the evening breeze were blowing, the man... And his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. And the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. Because I was afraid. Because I was naked. Let's pray. Whoo, Jesus. Only you can help. Amen. What is sin? 
Um, what, what is it? I mean, what's the big mystery? You know what's funny is um, this isn't even a popular topic anymore, even amongst churches. Uh, there's like, we can talk about other things that are better, like fruits of the Spirit and stuff like that, and things that make people feel good. What is sin? Sin is the thing that's actually robbing you of all things that is good. Sin, um, uh, Billy Graham said it this way, sin is any thought or action that falls short of God's will. God is perfect, and anything we do that falls short of His, perf- of his perfection is sin. Do you believe that? Do you believe that for your own life? Because um, I think that there's a lot of falling short, a lot of compromise, a lot of it's not a big deal, a lot of justification that we um, explain to ourselves to, uh, to allow things to remain in our life. Before I go further, I have to make sure that my heart is perfectly clear. This is not to bring condemn- condemnation. This is actually to bring a more and a, a greater extravagant love for Jesus today. It's the whole purpose of this. And many of you here want to be the best version of you. You have to know that the best version of you is hidden in Jesus. And you've got to be willing to deal with the things at hand so you can get to where, who he wants you to be and where you want to, but you're going to have to dig. And you're going to have to dig and you're going to have to dig and you're going to have to let go. You're going to have to let go of some people. You're going to have to let go of some things. You're going to have to let go of some, and it's hard to let go. Trusting. I remember, uh, this is not part of my notes either, but I love this, and this is, I'm going to tell you, there was a movie back in the day, I think it was like 1999 it came out. It was called The Matrix. Anyone ever see The Matrix? It's an awesome movie for all the, Neo was awesome, right? And there was this option that he had, like, you could take the red pill, or you could take the blue pill. You take the red pill, you wake up tomorrow, and you can, you can forget everything that ever happened. You can go on your own merry way. If you take the red pill, man, you're going to find out just what God has for your life. And some of us are trying to take both. It doesn't work that way. You've, you, can, you, you can't serve two masters. You can either serve Jesus or you can serve the devil. And I, today, I want to make sure that you understand that when you're married, you can't love, you can't have relationship with things that, you're, that your spouse doesn't love. And we're trying to be married to Jesus. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And so your wisdom and your understanding falls short. He came to redeem our mindsets. So not trying to say it rudely, but the best way to say it is you're dumb. And his way, he's wise. He knows what's good for us. Um, And I'm I'm not trying to say you're dumb. I'm also saying I'm dumb. Uh, We are dumb. We are equally dumb before Jesus. Albert Einstein is dumb before the Lord. You understand? Okay. I'm going to stick to the notes. It's normally better when that happens. What is sin? Sin, there's a, in the Bible, it has a lot of um, illustrations of things that like, would define what sin is. And, and it's good at illustrations and object lessons. And, and so uh, a sin it would be um, anything that's not a target. Picture an archer. We went camping this weekend, and we were shooting arrows and stuff like that. It was pretty awesome, shooting the crossbow and shooting the bow. And uh, Of course, I'm awesomer than everyone else. Um, and I, that's not true. My wife always hits the bullseye, and I'm left um, in the woods somewhere chasing an arrow, it feels like. And anyway, so it, it, God's will is the bullseye, and sin is everything that falls short of that. And you've got to get that back. Like, I don't want to confuse it or complicate it, but like, God does have a perfect will for your life. And sometimes our aim just falls short or to the left, and we miss the mark. And, and I think that sometimes we think that sin has to be like way off in the woods, it doesn't. It's just missing the mark. And sometimes we just say, well, that's, that's just not that bad. That's called compromise. That's justifying what we've done wrong, saying that it's not that bad. But sin is bad. And how do I explain? Mm, I have to come back to that. Okay, cool. I'm really, I'm really excited about this because of what God's doing in me, what he's doing, I believe, in our church. We want God to purchase, right? Jesus said to the, to the religious, I don't know if there's any religious here, but he said, I don't want you to clean the outside of the cup, but the inside of the cup. And that's what we've got to work on, man. We've got to work on our heart. We want, we let, the, let, the, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you, O oh God. Man, that's the cry of my heart. I want God to be excited about everything that I'm, every, every thought that's going through my mind and everything that's coming out of my mouth. Cool, here we go. 
As the scripture would say, there is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. John said it this way in 1 John. He loved, 1 John, if, you want to, if the Bible is boring to you, you have not read 1 John recently. 1 John will, will rock your socks off, I promise. For those of you that are bored with the Bible, 1 John is not John chapter 1, like Donald Trump would believe. It is, uh, it's actually in the back of the Bible, right before Revelations. Uh, and so there's 1 John chapter 1, uh, 2, 3, 4, 5. But anyways, 1 John, that was a joke, and I'm sorry. I love Donald. Pray for him. Anyway, okay, cool. Here we go. Uh, listen to this. 1 John said it this way. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with, with one another. And the blood of Jesus, he cleanses us from sin. But if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We confess our sins, and He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves. If we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves. If we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves. I'm telling you right now that the best Christians in this room the, the Alicia's and the Bill's and the Howard's and the Patty's and the Lacey's and the, the ones that got it right are the ones that get into prayer and cry out to God and say, I'm the worst person in the room, God. Actually, if we realized who we're talking to, we would recognize the reflection of the one looking back at us is not like myself at all. He is so much greater and he is calling all of us higher in your life God is calling out to you saying, you can be greater and there's more. You can be greater and there's more. You can do better. He is not condemning. He is not telling you that he hates you or that he dislikes you or that he does not receive you. He loves you and he is always calling out that you can be better and that you can be greater and that there's more. But we can't deceive ourselves and believe that we're good. We don't say the prayer and now you made the membership and you're good. That's not it. We are working for the rest of our life to cleanse our thoughts, to cleanse our hearts. Jesus would tell a parable. I wish I would have wrote it down this morning for you guys, but he's talking about two guys that he's heard pray standing at the wall in Jerusalem. And he said that one guy is saying, God, that you would rend my heart, oh God. I just, I just pray that you would make me a better man. I pray that you would change my life and cleanse me from sin. And he's, he's, he's just wanting to be different. And the other guy is talking about, oh God, thank you so much that I'm not nearly as jacked up as this guy and this is we don't say it but man christians we do this don't we we look at others and go man that guy he's just fallen he's just a hot mess brian he's just he's just weird look at what he dresses i mean he's just he's wait he's got a, the way t-shirt on he's actually bill he's a hot mess he's he's a he uh, And I, I want us to get back to the point where, oh God, change me. Oh God, I want to be like you. These are great prayers that God honors. Yes, he's calling us all to be saints and holy people. But if you've made it, please come tell me, because we'd love to have you up here next week. This is a process. And what he's talking about is, is if you're willing to walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with other people. And what that looks like is, hey, Jackie, oh, man, life is so good. Everything's great. I'm a hot mess, man. I mean, you just got to pray. There's nothing wrong with saying that we're a hot mess, but we do hide these things, don't we? Just like Adam, who ate the sin and is looking for a fig leaf to cover his nakedness. We do this. These are the worst churches. Ones where people are hiding. We don't, you don't need to hide in the body of Christ. We don't condemn you. We identify with you. We have all sinned and we have all fallen short. I know that you have broken areas. I know that there's parts of you that you hate. Paul hated himself. He says, there's things that I don't want to do that I do. Things that I don't want to do that I do. Things that I do want to do that I don't do. I've been doo-dooing, too much doing. It's crazy. Too much doo-doo over here. Listen. Why is it that we hide our shame? Why is it that we hide 
the things that offend us or bother us or, 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 or the things that, that we're struggling with or our fears or our shortcomings, I, I believe that God wants to bring us to a place where you're allowed to be you and you're not alone. You are not alone. You're not the only person to have these thoughts and these fears and these insecurities, these struggles and these strongholds. You're not alone. But if you hide, there's no salvation for those hiding. The idea is that Jesus is here. You can't hide from the Savior if you want redemption. You want to throw yourself at his feet. Oh God, change me. Man, I'm excited about this. I know that people don't like talking about sin, but it's happening in your life. It's happening in my life. Hmm. I was thinking about sin and conversations that we have. You know what I noticed? Why is it that there are some sins that bother us? And some sins that don't. Why, why is that? Why is it that some sins that are like sexual are the worst? But the ones that are of drugs, that's not. Or the ones that are of covetousness and greed. Well, that's almost acceptable. Because we don't have to give because the guy is homeless. He's probably going to spend it on, what if Jesus said that to you? I don't have to give you because you're a hot mess. He loved us in our sins, right? For, for he demonstrated his love for us while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. The guy that is the alcoholic is the one you want to go to and give the money to because he's drunk. Give him money and let him know, God is with you, man. Man, maybe it's just me. But I feel like God loves me the most. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. I mean, there's that, that's the room for redemption right there. So why is it that some sin offends us and others don't? Why is it that gluttony isn't a big deal in the U.S.? We can eat and eat and eat and eat. But I'm not drunk. Yes, you are. Have you ever eaten like Thanksgiving? Come to, I've, I've eaten sometimes, and I've told people, I can't move right now. I've eaten so much. And I celebrate that. In other countries, that is way worse than anything that would be sexual or any drug that would be done. I mean, that would, because it's a dishonor to everyone that they know that's starving. Sharing, coveting, these are filthy sins, but it's not a big deal. You ain't got to give or tithe or present offerings or help someone else out. It's your money. You worked for it. You earned it. You couldn't do anything if God didn't give you the grace to do it. You've got two thumbs. Imagine if he took your thumbs away. How great you'd be at your job. Just think about that for a second. Patty, imagine going to work at school and writing on the chalkboard. Like, Come on, man. It's two thumbs. You ought to thank him. You ought to praise him. Some sin doesn't bother us. We love him because he first loved us. And I, and I want to remember that um, I am still a sinner and I'm still in need in grace. So I've been talking about sin with some friends and I came up with some, some realities of things that we're struggling with in our lives. Think, reasons why we have a hard time turning to the Lord when we're in sin. One of them, I believe, is because you're an American. And we've taught ourselves that we don't need anyone else to fix the problem. No. If you've had to ask God for forgiveness for the same sin more than five times, you probably need help. It's not going anywhere. And it's not because he, he isn't mighty enough to save. It's because you're, you're hiding something. It can turn into a testimony if you reached out and asked for help. This is what we have to do. If you're struggling in your marriage, you're not the only one. Anyone here married? Raise your hand. Anyone here ever struggle in your marriage? You're not alone. But we, we try so hard to pretend like it's, we're good. Why? 
Why do we hide from the Lord? He is good. The whole story we know about the gospel is that He wants to redeem us. He wants to make us better. You don't have to come here and pretend you're anything. If, you're, if you've been here more than once, you know your pastor's a hot mess. You're welcome. This is a perfect place for you. You know what I mean? I thought I was going to get a laugh out of that one. Many of you have struggled time and time again. Many of you have been lonely. Many of you have been afraid. Many of you um, are doing all these things without asking for help. And I, uh, I don't know why. I, I thought about it the other day, whether or not, how many times I sin in, in the course of a day. And um, I, I count it, no lie, more than 20 times. This is some of the things that I, I dealed with one day. I lost my patience. I said unkind things, I was unloving, and I coveted. That's a bad day right there. Anyone ever done any of those things? Terrible. I, I put myself first before my wife. I was selfish and unforgiving. I lost it. I was uh, unforgiving. I was speeding on the highway. Uh, but hold on. Is it sin? Nah, I mean, come on. Listen, is it the target that God aims for your life? And I was thinking, no, because it's dishonoring the law. If, 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 if Ryan, who is a police officer, has to be distracted by me driving at an overrated speed when he could be thinking about someone who's actually needing attention, uh, a, a criminal, you know what I mean? Like, I'm... Uh, I was a glutton. Um, I ate food that my doctor told me was not healthy for my body. I was not resting on my Sabbath. I slandered a coworker, and I spent money that I needed to steward. Those are just a few. You ever have a budget? You know you prayed about it. I need to not spend this money yet. I was having a bad day, and I felt like I needed a double cheeseburger with some salty McDonald's fries. Anyone else ever been a victim of that? I need it now. Why? And I thought of the worst. I allowed something other than Jesus to comfort me. It's awful. And we do it, man. Double stuffed Oreos at 9.30 at night. Been there. Yeah. But I, I'm not trying to make it impossible to be saved. Here's the beautiful thing. You can't save yourself. And so here's the problem that I am finding about us that are struggling with sin is many of us don't confess any sins to the Lord. Think about when was the last time you confessed a sin to God? Many times, we only confess when we're dealing with guilt because of a bigger sin. But the big sins come when we're, we're trying to say, oh God, I did this thing, I said this, and I exploded, and I got so angry, and I'm so sorry that I did that. You know, you're just identifying the fruit on the tree. Isn't that right, uh, some of the psychologists here? When we explode and we're angry, that's just the fruit on the tree. The problem isn't the fruit on the tree, it's the root. And so many of us are confessing what, what came out rather than what's inside. Listen, I want you to love God. Jesus is saying, don't clean the outside of the cup, clean the inside. If you want to live a life that's pleasing Him, you got to go to work on what's inside. And so what I've learned is, I'm, I'm not lying, I believe that I, so I was not born a Christian. I am not here today because I've done all these things extravagant. In fact, I think that I am a pastor because I messed up more than anyone else. The only thing that made me really good at loving God was the fact that I would be the first to beat everyone to the altar every time I did something. I remember every time my pastor gave an altar call, I would get saved. I wanted to be just like Jesus. I wanted to love God more than anyone else I knew. I wanted to live a life that pleased him. And I hated the things inside of me that was contrary to the things that God loved. I wanted to love all the things that God loved. 
And it's hard. It is a process. And after years of saying, God, deal with this, and God, deal with this, I'm beginning to find that it's not the fruit, it's the root. And I'm going to work on these things that, are, that I shouldn't be having. It, it's, it's, it's not covetousness, it's your work ethic. It, it's, not, it's not that, it's the fact that you're, you won't give, it's your finances, you're holding on. There's so many different things that I'm like, God, oh, that was it. And you begin to go to work, and you begin to confess the things that really are more significant than just screaming just yelling or just being mad or just having unforgiveness you got to go back to the problem and i find with situations like unforgiveness you got i got to go back i got to go back to the cross to the place he forgave me before i can get that right for anyone else maybe i'm the only one but i think that there is something to be said about asking for forgiveness now this does a few things, but I think it's going to do one thing's most... Oh, I have to talk about something else yet. Sorry. I'm saying all these things to get to a point. Before I get to the point, I have to realize that a lot of us are dealing with sins in different ways. One of the, some of the friends I was talking about was talking about how they don't like to confess sins that they continually struggle with. Anyone else? Almost like, God, I've, I've been here before. I, I feel like I'm wasting your time with this issue that I have. Well, maybe stop wasting his time. Waste my time. Or waste Bill's time. Or, or, or Jessica's time. Or Lacey's time. Or Logan's time. Or Scott's time. Waste a friend's time with this issue that you have. And get it out. And get it out. Don't struggle. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. You hate that person. Other people hate that person too. Let's get it out. Let's get whole. Let's look like Jesus. Some of the other things I was realizing is that... Um, I don't want to confess sin until I've paid for it. What I mean is, once I've dealt with it, like if I've sinned on Monday, Friday, I'm, I'm good to talk to the Lord again. But we need some space cleared. Like I just, you know, I'm just not ready yet. I don't feel worthy enough yet to approach the Lord. Has anyone ever felt unworthy to approach the Lord? What I love is when Adam and Eve sinned, and they were naked. He went looking for them. He's looking for us. He loves us just the way we are for just who we are. And many of us, I heard this statement this week in this book that I'm reading, and it talked about, are you a servant or a son? Servant or a son? And it exploded in my heart. And here's the difference. I think a lot of us feel like a failure. We feel like I've messed up and I have dropped the ball. And we think about it only emotionally, not logically. We don't think about it in context of a relationship. And we definitely don't think about it in the context of a covenant God who promised that I will not leave you nor forsake you. I am with you. I am committed to you. There is not a scenario that I'm aware of in Scripture where God said, I am now disowning you because you're an idiot. The only one that's telling you that is the enemy. He has a way of bringing condemnation, not conviction. You're allowed to be convicted because of your issue. So what happens is we're trying to serve God, but because we feel like a failure, we feel like we're not worthy of him. But a son can make a mistake and still have relationships. What do, you, what do you mean by that? I'm telling you, maybe some fathers, maybe you've had unloving fathers who was tough and mean and rude. But I'm telling you, when Jesus modeled who the father was, he says, my father, he's a good God. He's a merciful God. He knows how to give good gifts. He's slow to anger, quick to give mercy. Jesus would constantly be teaching us about who the father was. And the father poured his wrath out on Jesus. So we would have open communication. He could just say, come here, let me deal with that. I promise he's not angry at you. He wants to be with you, talk to you, hear about the problem, and forget about it. But you have an issue, and I have an issue. But we're not going to grow unless we deal with this issue. Let me rephrase it. Let me talk about this Pentecostal-wise. You ready for this? I'm going Pentecostal here. I was talking about this with a friend. My prayer 
is that God doesn't let us grow unless we deal with the issue. There are a lot of ministries that you may have read about one time in the newspaper, in the news, or heard about from other scenarios, where churches and ministries grew, and their hearts were filled with cancer. And the ministry flourished. And then it fell apart. And a lot of people were confused and shaken. I pray that God doesn't grow us. I pray that God doesn't grow you. I pray that he doesn't bless you. But he's so good. He's so faithful. He's so loving. He does. Doesn't he? Again and again and again. His mercies are new every morning. I want you to know, you may feel like a servant. but he, You are his son and daughter. And regardless of how many times you've messed up, there's room on his lap for you today. We love him because he first loved us. I'm saying all those things to get to this close. Lee, would you put that photo up? I want you to know that he's a better savior than you are. He doesn't want you to pay for your own sin. So stop. He doesn't want you to live in shame. So stop. If you're here and you have a struggle and you have an issue, welcome to mankind. We are all born into sin. But he's a better savior than I am. I need you to know that if you think pastors are really great, I'm not. I'm a dog with fleas, just like the next guy. He's a great savior. I need you to know that you can't die for your sins and you can't wait to confess them until you're in a better place. You can't afford that. You can't cleanse yourself from what you've done wrong. No good deeds will fix the, the wrong things we've done. You know how I know? If you've ever been in a relationship with a friend and you've ever said the wrong thing, no right thing can ever be said to take back what was wrong. That's what sin is. He can wash it all away. That's what it does, man. That's what you do, Lord. I'm so unworthy of you. I just thank you, Lord, that you don't give up on us. You don't give up, you don't give up, you don't give up, and you're still chasing us, and you're still chasing us, and you're still chasing us. I don't know what else I was supposed to say. <laughs> Often we don't know how to say I'm sorry. Often we don't want someone else to die in our place. Often we want to wait until we're fixed to step up in church. Often we, we don't want people to know that we struggle. Often we aren't willing to admit. We don't know why that we keep making the same mistake. I know that there's folks here that are having a hard time. That's the church I want to go to. And we're better when you suck and you know it. Did pastor just say that? <laughs> You know what I love? Uh, this is real talk here. I'm, I'm almost done, I guess. I love that of all the disciples that started the church, Jesus picked the worst one to be the leader. The one with the most hang-ups was the one he picked to run the church. <laughs> so you qualify. I know there's people here that are saying every day, God, I'm going to read my Bible this week. This is the week, every day. This week, I'm going to pray every day. This week, God, I'm all in. This week, I'm going to start giving. This week, doesn't matter what happens in my finances, I'm all in. And we've missed the target. He's not mad. He loves you just where you're at. And you have to know, there is nothing you could do to make God love you more. There was, you couldn't fast. If you fasted for 40 days, no food, no water, 
He wouldn't love you more. He would maybe have more opportunity to enjoy you. You can't make him love him. Your tithe doesn't make him love you. He loves you because he created you. He's the lover of your soul. You were made for him. And some of us have sat too long at the table of the world that we've been satisfied with garbage. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I got some questions for you real quick. I'm going to have the guys get ready for communion. I'm going to ask for a prayer real quick, and we're going to get started. I have a prophecy I'm going to show you real quick. But you're here today, and you'd say this. In my life, I've missed the target. I've missed the target more than once. And I want to honor God with the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? I wouldn't speak at the White House tomorrow. I want to hang out with people just like you. Lord, cleanse our hearts by the blood of Jesus. 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 Only you. Only you. Only you. Would you guys come down here? I'm just going to ask you guys right now. Would you just, just, just wait? Before we sing any songs, we're going to do worship for about 10 minutes. Uh, before we sing any songs, let's just sit in this. Can you keep playing? going to talk to God right now about letting go. God, I got this issue. And I'm sorry I've looked the other way. And I'm sorry I've been stubborn. And I'm sorry I've forgotten to deal with it again. But I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would give me grace. I'm asking that you would give me your Holy Spirit, and I'm asking that you would supernaturally empower me. Make me like you. Make me like you. Make me like you. Make me like you. Change me, oh God, by the blood of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit. I can't live for you on my own. Would you change me? Now I'm going to ask here right now, just to begin to think. So keep your eyes closed for a second. If, you, if you've had something where you've been struggling with multiple times, maybe it's eating, maybe it's self-confidence, maybe it's your identity, and you just come down on yourself with condemnation, or you're insecure, or you have a massive amount of fear that you struggle with, and you can't get over it, who in your life can you go to and confess and ask for help? Is there someone in your church is there someone back home? Is there a grandparent? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, as if we walk in the light as he in the light, then the blood of Jesus cleanses us and forgives us of all unrighteousness. Confess our sins one to another. Is there someone in your life you can trust? Is there someone in your life you can trust? All we want to do is honor you. I'm going to read something really quick. It's a prophecy that I heard this week that I felt like I needed to speak over our church. So if you received that prayer, would you just do this? Would you just put your hands up like, you're, like, uh, like I'm a cop and you're surrendering? It's important. I want you to surrender your heart right now to the Lord, and I'm going to speak a word over you. And I believe it's super powerful, and I'm going to ask you guys to sing just one verse, and then we'll take communion, okay? Here we go. Thank you, sir. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will take this, the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you 
cause you to walk in my statutes. I will give you a new heart and I will put my spirit within you. I will give you a new heart and I will put my spirit within you and I will take your heart of stone out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes. I will give you a new heart and I will give you a new heart and I will give you a new heart that loves new things that's grieved in new ways all we want to do is we want to honor you I'm just going to sing this verse over you and we're going to take communion together in just a minute just worship I remind myself of all that you've done in the life I have because of your son. And love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. Wow. and daughter and everything that he gave he's not giving for the person that's next to you the gospel is so big yet it's so simple he loves you and if you don't embrace that and if you don't sense that you miss it and it's dogma he loves you he died for you he's giving it all for you. He is chasing you. He is providing for you.